Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me those ears. If you're watching me on the video platform, thank you for those beautiful eyeballs. Today, I'm super excited. Okay, this guy is just driving me nuts on Instagram because he comes out of nowhere. He literally comes out of nowhere. He, you know, sales guy. Right, comes out of nowhere with I think probably the most attention grabbing graphics I've ever seen. And please help me walk. I just can't even talk anymore. Please help me walk up, Matt King, to the show. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, Victor. How are you? All the way from the UK. I'm saying hello. That's right, Matt. So, Matt, tell them a little bit about yourself before, because I I get too excited when I talk. You know, I was looking forward to this conversation because what you're doing, I think, is incredible. Tell them a little bit about who you are and just just a little history. Okay, so I'm a sales coach out of the UK, uh, and I've been in the sales environment for around about 20 years. I've worked door-to-door selling, I've cold-called, but mainly in the last 12, 15 years, I've been in the B2B sales environment. So, And I've slowly worked my way up, and now I am the general manager of a Valve company, uh, and I run a sales team across the United Kingdom and the US. But I also do sales coaching, which is where we connected initially through Instagram. So so you're one of these guys, you're actually in sales still, so to speak, and still coaching yeah. on the side. Yeah, That's totally. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, give us the you know, the you know, the basic here's how I got into sales. I mean, did you mean to get into sale or were you accidental in getting in sales? No, so I'm former uh, armed forces. So I left the army when I was um, 24 and didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I just bummed around. I was uh, doing landscape gardening. I was doing electrician work. And then one member of my family said to me, you know what? You can, you can just talk. You can talk. Come and, come and work for me <laughs> uh, and then see, see how it goes. And then I was two years in that company, moved from uh, a normal, ordinary consultant, moved up to senior consultant within two years and then got headhunted and headhunted and slowly and slowly I've, I've moved up the ladder. But it's learning those sales practices as you go at different stages. Um, but, yeah, I just fell straight into sales. It, and it's a natural thing, right? I, I didn't think that I'd ever think – when I left school, I didn't think, right, I'm going to go into sales. It's just a natural progression. And when you're able to talk to people and converse like we do, it, it's just natural. So were you always – you know, because, I mean, talking and having a conversation are two different things, right? Anybody can talk, but to have a, you know, meaningful conversation. How did you know, like, you know, what were some of the things you, that said, you know what, maybe I am good at this, you know? What do you, why do you think you're good at it? So it's, I put it down to two things, really. So when I left school, let me put it into context. When I left school, I had really, really poor grades. I had, um, I don't know what the grade system is in the US, but a U in science. So I was completely unclassified in science. And, and now I'm in a science and technical field, uh, which is crazy. Um, geography, history, failed, flunked. Um, maths, I turned up to the exam without a calculator. So I completely flunked that. However, English and English speaking, top marks. I was able to stand up in front of a class and articulate what my point. I was able to hold a debate. Uh, my main skill is that I listen to people whilst they're talking and I'm able to, and it's, it's active listening, right? So I'm able to formulate what my response will be before they finish their question or before they finish their speech. And I'm able to come up with a fluid answer. So that's the main key skill I find in sales is that active listening. So and and it works perfectly on podcasts because you're listening right now and I can already tell that you're working out the next question but it it, it just flows and it just and that's the natural ability. Some people struggle with that, right? Some people struggle with the fact that they have to talk and then pause and then ask the question and then res- then think of their response. But you and I were able to think of that response whilst the other person's talking and then formulate a response and, and make it sound legible. 
Yeah, I mean, my, 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 my problem is probably like yours is I got three or four questions forming at the same time as you're talking. I said, okay, should I go that way? Should I go this way? And it's the ability to create that flow with people. Uh, would you agree with me that, you know, the ability to ask those quality questions, I mean, those beyond the, the, the basic questions, those real good questions that make people go, huh. I like pushing people back on their heels a little bit with a tough question. That lets me know and lets them know that, hey, this is a meaningful conversation. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's, and it's about, so my, as I said before, my background is the armed forces. So I, I have this end goal in sight. I have this mission in sight. And when I get to that mission, that's when I know that I've succeeded. But all the way through the conversation, that's all I'm focused on is the mission. Yes, we might deviate on left to right on different paths, but ultimately we're going to get to the end goal and we're going to get to that mission. So it's about having that laser focus so that you understand, actually, I need to get from point A to point B in the shortest time possible. Yes, you want to talk about my school. Yes, you want to talk about my education. Yes, you want to talk about all of that stuff. But let's get that to the final point and know exactly what we're going to talk about. So it's active listening with an end, end goal, an end result. What was the biggest takeaway from the armed forces that you bring? You probably mentioned it already that you brought into your sales, you know, into your B2B sales world. You know, like when you look back, you go, you know, this is what I learned in the armed forces. You know, what are some of those things that you brought forward? So I'd say probably two things. The first is process understanding that everything has to have a uh, step-by-step a process. So knowing that to get from point A to point B, you need to jump through specific hoops and that hard work doesn't, uh, hard work will reward you. So that process, yes, the first three steps might take two or three months, but you have to go through those two or three months in order to get the final result. And it's a linear, it's not a linear curve. It's a, it's a, it's a, a huge jump. The first two or three months, you've got those, um, You've got that short incremental improvements, but before towards the end, you're going to get that massive, massive result. Uh, the other thing is confidence. When I joined the army, you wouldn't believe I couldn't talk to anybody, um, and I was this uh, I was this skinny little kid who had no confidence, no self confidence, and I I can picture it in my mind now. About three weeks in, I was sat around this uh, in this in, in this room with four or five other people, in exactly the same. Com- uh, situation as me and we just started talking and talking and we we opened up and we had this brotherhood so we knew exactly we were all in the same situation together and we knew exactly where we wanted to get to and from that moment on I realized that if I build a team around me who have the same vision and the same culture I will be able to get on with them and we'll be able to achieve great things so when I build a sales team I want people to come onto my team with the same ethos the same culture and when I when I then instill the mission, they're already bought into me and, and who I want them and who I where I want them to go. So it, it's just it's it's easier. Man, that's that's like yeah, that's like true leadership right there, what you just defined. You know what I mean? They buy into the ethos and the culture that they understand they understand the intent. I think that's what I always liked about the armed forces. There's always the intent. What is the intent? You know, how we get there, we'll have to adjust to plan, but there's always the intent of what we want to do. And so do you think like, you know, right now when you're in, in the company you're working with right now, you know, what are some of the big, what are some of your big frustrations that you see in salespeople? Like, what are some of the things you like, you know, just kind of just like, oh, why can't they get this right? What do you keep seeing that a lot of salespeople do wrong that basically self-sabotage their success? Uh, there's two things that I see in the co- in this company that I'm in right now. The first is because I came to this company uh, to set a cycle of improvements. The biggest hurdle they had to overcome was their mindset because they are they were obsessed with the previous structure. This is how we've always done things. So adapting to change 
for salespeople should be a natural thing. It should be a thing that where they're agile in the field, they're able to be adept when talking to clients. If they're constantly focused on actually this isn't the way we should be doing things because of structure, they're struggling with that. That that's that was the main struggle that I came into the business. They were struggling with the fact that they had to adapt and change. The second thing is they don't want to do the hard work. And this is across the board for salespeople. They want success given to them on a plate. They want the fact that they want all that inbound leads that they don't want to pick up the phone and create opportunities for themselves. So actually, that's where the mission comes in. So my mission here is to have £5 million in five years. We turn over about £2.2 million now. Um, so they know what the end goal is. Now I need to implement the battle strategies in order to get to that final mission. And it, and it's very military talk, but that's exactly what I do. I build the team around me in order to succeed in the mission. And then we have specific strategies in order to get from point A to point B in the quickest time possible. But we make sure we do it with the right people. But 100%, Victor, mindset is the biggest killer at the moment in terms of for salespeople. So, so let me push you a little hard. I'm going to push back a little hard. I, by the way, I'm with you 100%. But how do you shift somebody that doesn't, you know, you, you adopted, how many salespeople do you currently have, by the way, working for you? Uh, so I've got about seven across two continents. Okay. So, so you got seven that you have to work with. Even remotely is even more difficult. How do you shift some of these people that when you came on board, just didn't want to do the work? Do you know what I mean? As you said, didn't want to put in the time, just like, come on. I'm doing it my way or I'm not going to do it at all type of thing. You know, what did you do? Like from a tactical standpoint, what did you do? So the first six months, uh, and I've talked about this previously, the first six months in any company that I go into, I call it the super nanny period. So I sit back and observe and I watch what the salespeople are doing. (laughs) So I sit, you know, the the super nanny program where the, the woman goes in and she looks at the kids and she looks at the parents and says, and she sits in there for a day and she says, actually, you're doing this, this and this wrong. So that's what I do. I sit and observe for at least six months. After those six months, I can see where the huge major wins are. But during those first six months, I will I will do what I want them to do. So I will act out those behaviors that I want them to do. So I'll start contacting clients. I'll start visiting their clients on a more regular basis. I'll start bringing in new business. So in those first six months, I've already started setting the behaviors that I want the salespeople to do. After that, it's about making sure that everybody's on board with where I want them to go they already know the behaviors that I want them to set because I'm doing them myself. Then it's about slowly managing and getting those quick wins and getting the people that, like, for example, one guy who I went out with in the, within the first six months took his catalog out with him and would present from his catalog. So that's an easy, quick fix that I can make. Never present with your catalog. Go for the features and benefits. Go for how you're going to create value for that client. Never just sit there and go, this is our new product. This is our new valve. This is what the competition are doing. Never do that. So get away with the quick wins. Then it's about a culture shift. So slowly but surely, you need to ramp up the intensity. You need to push from, uh, and I always use a football analogy uh, in the UK, but I want my team to operate on a premiership level. I want their speed. I want their agility to be on a premiership level. The, the sales team I've got at the moment are probably on a league one or league two basis, and they're they're not fast enough. They're not quick enough. And, and possibly the quality of the players aren't good enough. So we either transfer those players out and we bring in better players or they improve to the level that I want them to improve at. So it's, it's that old adage. Uh, do you know FIFO, F-I-F-O? And I'm not, I'm first not in, sure if... First out? Uh, or fit first in, in or... First in, first out? No, or fit, fit in, in or... or... 
I got it. I yeah. got it. I got it. I got it. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, when you, I love the fact that you talked about modeling the behavior, right, Matt? You, you talk about modeling the behavior. But, you know, how do you create, how, you know, how do you get people to start trusting you and, and, and be vulnerable in saying, you know, Matt, I just don't know how to do this. I see you doing, I don't know how to do that. I mean, how do you, how do you create that environment where people feel comfortable saying, I don't know? Because, because I, before I joined this company, I didn't know, so I didn't know valves. I knew sales. I didn't know valves. So for me to ring up one of my sales reps and say, actually, guys, I don't know how to sell this polypropylene ball valve to this client. Um, what are the material makeups? So I'm constantly learning off them. If they're, if they've got that reciprocal arrangement where I'm getting information from them, they then take the behaviors that I want to instill in them. And we're seeing success together. It's about building that mission ethos together as a team. And we're all in this together. So I want them to know that actually I don't have all the answers, but it's a collective responsibility to move the needle. Everything, everything that I do is to move the mission forward. And I talked about this in one of my recent Instagram posts. Everything that I'm trying to do at the moment is to keep my foot on the right pedal because I don't want to press break because then we'll start, we'll start being overtaken by our competitors. Everything at the moment during this lockdown and during this pandemic period is to keep my foot on the right pedal because I want to make sure that we're accelerating towards the goal. If I, if I let up with the intensity on my sales team, they just won't succeed. So I need to let them know that I'm struggling. And, and it's, a, it's a constant communication. You have to be in the moment with them all the time. You have to understand their, their pressures. You have to understand the stresses and strains they're under. But clear communication for me is paramount. If, if they don't know where I, where I sit and where I, where I, what I want them to achieve, how can they achieve it? It's exactly the same as you do with your kids. Yeah. How do you, cause, cause I, I love what you're saying. You know, you're bringing them along and you, you show the fact that, you know, your vulnerability. I don't have all the answers, right? And I, I think that's a great way of uh, letting people know they can feel comfortable having the exchange. I love that. And so how do you manage them then? remotely you know how do you is it by the way i should ask the question this is it more difficult to manage them remotely and how has that been for you it's been a it's been a killer and i'll be honest i know i don't just only manage the sales team but i manage the entire company so i manage the production team i manage the hr team i manage the finance team in february we had one of our company meetings at which i uh instilled in this company when when I first joined we had one of the company meetings and the culture and the vibe that we had at that meeting was exactly where I wanted to get to so it's taken 18 months to two years for people to start realizing that actually we should be customer focused and not inward focused so again it's that obsessed with structure thing everything that they did in this company was geared towards oh this is how we do it this is the customer should just accept this which was killing business I got to a point in February where I was very, very happy with the culture. People were going out like outside of work. They were socializing, which never happened before. Then lockdown hit. And honestly, we had lots of technical issues in terms of how to support our customers. So they couldn't get onto the system. They couldn't, we didn't have phones direct in. So all of that just eroded all of the culture that we had in the company because people just got frustrated and then the blame culture set in because that's the norm, right? Everything that we had previously was, I'm going to blame the finance team because we're not getting this. I'm going to blame the technical team because we're not getting this. So that set in. Then the lockdown ended and uh, I brought everyone back into the office. And literally within two or three weeks, 
it wasn't back to where it was in February, but it was back to some sort of positive movement forward. But managing the sales team is extremely difficult because they can't get out and see their clients. So now I have to, we have weekly catch-ups. We have a weekly catch-up on a Monday. And a Monday is because we've got the full week then to attack where we need to be. Um, but it's about maintaining that momentum. And that's a leader's job. You have to be front and center. The, vi- the, the mission and the vision comes from me, but the momentum comes from them. So as soon as we hit the hill, which is a, the pandemic, the momentum should carry us through and should lead us over that hill into the next year, hopefully when the vaccine's out and, and we start building the business again. But we have to maintain that momentum. And when the momentum's not there, it's down to me to force that momentum and keep that motion going. It's, business is a moving beast. You have to continually keep moving. And the, the engine of the business is the sales team. You have to push the fuel into the sales team. Otherwise, you're not going to move the business forward. But it's massive. Yeah. You know, you're, it's hard. It's hard. And you're like the second or third company I've talked to where they said, you know, we got to bring people back. This whole remote thing is just not working. You know, people are creating this panacea like, yeah, remote working. This is the future. You know, blending. And I'm thinking eh, for some companies that might be ideal, but maybe in your case, it's just not going to work. People need to be like together to collaborate, to talk. You know, that those little things that happen around the water cooler during lunch, after hours, where you go get a pint. You know what I mean? These are the things that really make the sales engine go. And so I feel your pain on that. So that's got to be tough to do it remotely. Yeah, I, I, my leadership style is the arm around the shoulder. I want people to know that mm. I'm there for them, and I want them to know that I empathize with their situation. You can't do that. I mean, two of my sales guys in the UK are two, 300 miles away from me. I can't just rock up to their front door and take them a pint of a, a, a bottle of wine, or I, I can't be there for them. So, And it's very difficult to do that in a virtual setting. It's great to be able to talk to them still and to be able to see them face-to-face, but I've got one sales guy at the moment who's going through an emotional turmoil. His mum's ill and all of this stuff. Normally, I'd go and visit him. We'd go out for a meal. I'd let him vent and get get all of this emotion off of his chest. But he just can't do that at the moment. And it's, and it's so difficult when that's your leadership style. If you've got a leadership that's style, right. which is do this and do this and do this, then, yeah, you could probably breeze through it. But, no, that's not that's not the way I do things. I want people to know that I connect with them. I love that, man. I love. Uh, by the way, I'm with you. I think, you know, I'm that type of person. I just need to talk to you, take you out for a beer, whatever it may be, just to talk to you. Let the person vent. Uh, you'll probably vent a little bit also. But, you know, there's that that trust, that mutual conversation. You know, I, I liked you before this, Matt. I think I'm liking you even more, Matt. <laughs> so I liked you before this. I think I like you because, you know, you're in it. You're in the thick of it, right? And now I just want to pivot to what you're doing online because that's how I found you. And, you know, and you're going to tell me, like, you're, I'm going to describe it for the folks here. And then you're going to get into why you're doing it. So I found you on Instagram and you were doing these like really creative graphics uh, with slide panels, you know, and they would teach something about selling. Right. And it would tell a storyline, you know, something you wanted to teach. And I was blown away by the quality of it. Second, I was really blown away over time by your consistency. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the third, you just kept up in the quality as you went through this. And I'm like, how does this guy have time to do this? And now I now find out you're also running a sales team, pretty much running the business, and you're doing that. That's impressive. And, and I've got four kids. <laughs> and, you got, <laughs> I, you got, and you got four kids. I, I think I saw something. You, you did a uh, – it was like a little celebration that your I guess your family was happy you were doing reels again. 
yeah. for Instagram. Yeah. It was really great. Uh, it was really good. <laughs> so, so, so it was really cool. Man. So you got the family involved. So talk to me about you're running this business. I mean, you got your head in the ground already just trying to get this stuff done, right? You're like, oh, what? Talk to me about this whole Instagram thing that you said, I'm going to conquer this hill. Yeah. So my Instagram page actually started in April. So when the lockdown started in the UK, I thought, how can I, and, and this is always my goal, right? To be a sales coach. How can I leverage content to create short bite-sized content that people can consume, get to know me, understand the brand. And I'd done a podcast before and the podcast sort of was the main vehicle. The main vehicle to promote the podcast was through the Instagram, but I wasn't getting the traction. And then I started seeing quite a few graphic designers creating these uh, templates and these posts. And I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do that and I'm going to spin it for a sales purpose. So I started creating them. And before April, I'd never touched Photoshop, never, never used it before in my life.